the suitcase from the van Cause if you want the best But you don't ask questions Then brother, I'm your man Cause where it all comes from is a mystery It's like the changing of the seasons And the tides of the sea But here's the one that's driving me berserk Why do only fools and horses work? La 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 Oh, shut up, you tart. Manky Tomato, and welcome to a new episode of Only Goats and Horses with Bread Roll and JT. Manky Tomato, indeed, everyone. Hello, we're back again, and we're continuing our look through series. We are looking at episode two, funnily enough, which follows on from episode one last week. Um, this one's called Danger UXD. It aired on the 15th, 1989, ran for 48 minutes, and this one had 16.1 million viewers. So we've gained about 2 million from last Bread Roll. So it's picking up as we thought it would. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, last week's episode, as we said, you know, it was a great way to start a new series um, after being away for a couple of years, as it were, obviously not counting Christmas specials. Um, and it was a great episode, and this one uh, follows suit, really. I mean, we've said before, spoiler alert, really, I know we don't really grade these or rate them or anything, but this is arguably the best series of the whole bunch, and they're all good in their own right. But, um, yeah, great series altogether, and another good episode ahead. Yeah, I mean, this was in our initial top ten as well, wasn't it? I can't remember what number it was, and I do apologise. I should have probably researched that before we did top ten. So we are going to be treading a little bit of familiar ground, although... As we've said before, we're a bit more structured these days. A little bit more, not a lot. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is a great episode. Obviously, the, the title, Danger UXD, is a play on the TV series from 1979, Danger UX, which stood for Unexploded Bomb. And this obviously uh, stands for Unexploded Dolls. And if you don't know the episode, um, I'm sure you'll know the very famous scene in this one. I mean, we've started... Series six, haven't we, with two classic scenes. We had Dale falling through the bar last week. We got the uh we'll come to it anyway, but the doll scene in this we won't go any more detail until we get to the synopsis. But two of the sort of top ten uh ever seen and horses appear in the first two episodes of this series. Brilliant, isn't it? And I was watching it we were watching this earlier when we um we're having dinner and Rach, this is our favourite episode and Again, I, it's one of those things that no matter how many times you see it, it always makes me laugh and you just sort of sat there because the build-up is, I'll say we get there with the synopsis and stuff, but the build-up and the way it's all done is just absolutely brilliant. I'm sure anyone who knows anything about Only Fools and Horses is well aware of the uh, the scene we're going to be looking at a bit later on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we won't be able to do it justice, but like you say, everyone's going to know the scene anyway. And if you don't, then please do go and watch it. I'm sure there's clips on YouTube if someone watched the whole episode. If you don't, while you're listening to us... Um, it's quite funny actually there's a disclaimer before this episode's on gold um, that, um there's some strange looking dolls are strange looking <laughs> but it's just funny they have to put a disclaimer out because again we'll get to it in the synopsis but they're so cartoony you couldn't find them offensive that's stupid isn't it it just shows how like dopey the world's become you know <laughs> if you've got power disclaimer because someone might be offended by this episode then something's gone really wrong because it's all done in good fun and it's if you can watch this with a straight face and there's something wrong with you in my opinion this is just fucking you can't you just gotta laugh it's so ridiculous <laughs> i've been thinking about it i mean it's good to see denzel back in this one as well i think this is the first time we've seen him since um to Hullenbach, isn't it he hasn't really I don't think he appeared at all in Series 5, did he? But um, he's becoming more of a regular now in this series and onwards. 
Yeah, and I think it, another thing about that, I mean, it's good to see Denzel back. I like him as um, as a character, and I'm glad we get to see a bit more of him, um, like, from here on out. But again, I think that's the benefit of having longer episodes now. Instead of them being, like, the sort of 29-minute mark, we're saying, what, 48 minutes for this one? So it's always about the sort mm, of 50-minute yeah. thereabouts. Gives them a bit more time to sort of flesh out the storyline, pace it a bit better, and also get a few more people involved. It's also got, like, Mike, Trigg, and Boise in this. Although Trigg and Boise aren't in it huge amount they're only in it for one scene i believe um but it's good again to have those sort of like pieces in there yeah they have a little cameo don't they sort of towards the end of the episode um a couple of little bits of trivia before we do uh, go through this. walter sparrow who is the name of the guy who plays dirty barry um he had quite a good um career in tv and film he was in robin hood prince of things bread well, i didn't know if you knew that apparently he had quite a prominent role i don't remember i think I can't remember who the person he was he played, but obviously he done quite well. I don't know if you know who he played in it or recognised him. Yes, I did. He's actually, it's one of my favourite childhood movies. Um, in fact, he played Duncan, who was um, hmm. Robin's dad's kind of like counterpart who gets his eyes cut out by the sheriff of Nottingham. And he sort of like just accompanies Robin and um, Azim throughout the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, I always recognise him from that because I love that film, even though it's, you know, Americans playing British folklore characters. What can you do? It was one of your favourites. And uh, yeah, Duncan, you're right. I did read that um, when I went through this uh, synopsis the other day and I forgot to actually know. Yeah, Duncan, uh, I'm not familiar with the film. I have seen it once a long time ago. Just another little bit of trivia as well before we do go on. Um, this is the first sighting of the outside of Nelson Mandela house. I filmed it in Bristol. Um, don't know if people know, but Only Fools got so popular they couldn't film it in London anymore because they were just getting mobbed all the time. So the whole film into Bristol... This is the first time we've actually seen the house and estate in Bristol used for Nelson Mandela House. It's a little bit of a trivia there. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I did, I did, I did know they moved it and everything. Um, and we do see a few more of these. Um, they must have kept this filming location. So I'm thinking of some of the specials that come later. And I do believe they do keep it around this house and estate um, for the foreseeable. I don't think they had to move it again or they relocated. Yeah, keep it in the same place i think it's in Southmead or somewhere like that in bristol i used to live in bristol for a bit um but i did, didn't ever go to where any fools were filmed and i should have done really as a big fan but yeah i think it's in the south bristol somewhere south Mead sort of area but anyway should we have a look at the old synopsis red roll yeah let's take a look see what we can do okay let's try not to laugh as we go through this one uh <laughs> this one's pulled from the main wiki page the it was very, very detailed and very good, but just a bit too much for what we need. So this is pulled from the general wiki page. So thanks to whoever wrote this. As always, shout out Mr. Dan Parkinson for the opening theme tune. Go check him out on the Instagram, Mr. Dan Parkinson. His name is just Dan Parkinson, not Mr. Um, go and check him out. It's quite cool, the stuff he's doing over there, music and all kinds of shit going on. Right then, so let's have a look here. So while continuing to participate in the year, Del Boy advises Rodney to partake. Dale's latest items to sell are video recorders from Ronnie Nelson and photos from Jersey. Denzel tells Trotters that he took his wife Corinne out for the evening the previous Friday to celebrate their anniversary, despite picking up a faulty stock of shop in High Wycombe and having to return them to the factory. Denzel had intended to return them the following Monday, but the factory burnt down on Saturday, cannot return them, and has to hand in a form to confirm he collected the dolls but did not deliver them. Dale forges a date and signature on the form from Denzel. So that's quite a condensed intro to actually a fair chunk of the episode there. And I love the way this opens. When you've got Dale 
just going on about that video player, the, the banter between the two of them before even Rodney comes in is just brilliant. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> a video recorder as well. It's about the size of a fridge. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've obviously <laughs> remember having video recorders back in the day, but this is one of those proper old school ones. It's absolutely massive. They were, they were that size though. I mean, obviously they've kind of put stuck loads of flashing lights and stuff all over, which Dell goes on about. I don't think they quite look like that. And the the fact that this one looks like a bloody Christmas tree, I do like it when um Dell was sort of bigging up to Albert. He's like, I don't know how long we survive without one. And I was like, oh, who is it? <laughs> I love that. So good. Yeah, it's great. It's another line as well. So like, this thing can you know record all your programs and everything. If you go on holiday, you can record your shows. How does it know you're on holiday? Well, you send it a postcard, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got that as my next sort of great line. Just two of them there really bounce off each other well. And then Rodney comes in. Like, Dale shouts at him. He's like, Rodney, it's six o'clock. So I'm assuming it's six o'clock in the morning. Rodney's awake, dressed, and quite coherent, which is not normally like Rodney in the morning, is it? No, it's not. I mean, Dale's obviously all dressed up in his little, like, he's got his fancy shirt, white and red striped on, and he's got his braces and that on. Albert's obviously all dressed up in his like, one and only outfit. Um, this sort of begins a trend, though, doesn't it? Like you say, Rodney's usually not this coherent, but this begins a trend of an episode opening with those two in the living room, and Rodney comes in a bit later on. From here on on out, he kind of gets progressively more drab as he comes out, doesn't he? Like eventually, he starts getting like names like Creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff. Because every time he comes out into the living room, he just looks more and more kind of like sloppy. Yeah, he does. I mean, at the moment, obviously, he's still in very early stages of the uh, relationship with Cassandra. So he is kind of trying to make a bit of an effort. Um, and that's what continues throughout Series 6. As things start to go a bit southwards, um, spoiler alert, if you don't know, sort of from the Jolly Boys out and onwards, um, start to become more and more Rodney-like, I guess, in a way. <laughs> that's a good bit here as well, because Dale's got that line, hasn't he? Albert's like, do you want some grub, Dale? No, no, Albert, breakfast is for wimps. What about you, Rodney? Yeah, I'm starving. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? And then um, when uh, Dale's going on that image, and he's like, so what do you see of that man standing there? And he's like, why have I got bloody cornflakes again? And then, that's where, obviously <laughs> when we first see Dale's got fucking everywhere in the fridge, all over the place, any of these bloody tomatoes. It's amazing, isn't it? Because you notice straight away, there's always loads of random crap at the back of the flat. And then straight away on this episode, you're like, why is there now like a massive fridge in the li- in the living room for no reason? And then obviously <laughs> soon enough, we find out that he's brought a consignment of fresh, well, we say the word fresh loosely. This is Dell we're talking about. Uh, fresh Jersey tomatoes. And he's got like fucking thousands of them. Yeah, it's got quite a few in here. Up to the Albert Hall the night before with um, Cassandra, which again follows on from... Um, the week before when she said she was buying tickets for a pop concert and it wasn't wet, wet, wet. It appeared it was um, Eric Clapton, who Albert's never heard of for some reason. I guess he's just never travelled in those circles, not music he'd listened to, but I thought everyone had probably heard of Eric Clapton as guitarist. Yeah, quite a, I'd say like a prominent name and everything. You'd thought you'd heard him on the radio or the wireless or something like that. But um, well, there's two things then in this episode that Albert says he hasn't heard of, but there's one in particular we know he definitely would have done. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did talk about that when we did our original, didn't we? When Dale's going on about his image and he's sort of saying about, you know, everyone can tell who I am. Rodney's probably mugging him off, isn't he? He's like, oh, it's a bit of a giveaway and all that. <laughs> Dale doesn't notice. He thinks Rodney's, like, bigging him up. He's actually mugging him off. I love that scene. It's so good because, like you say, like, Dale's just completely oblivious to it because it's like, um, you know, I mean, look at, you know, what people think, you know, when they look at me, but you look exactly what you are. Well, thank you very much. And like you say, Rodney's just absolutely <laughs> like cheesing him on and everything. And the bit when Albert comes out shortly after um, 
the bit where he's like, well, have I got bloody cornflakes again? He goes, look at this man here. This is a man, This what this man tells you, his image tells you is that he is a reliable man. He's a man who's worked hard all his life for an honest crust. See what I mean? You see how easy it is to fool people? And Albert's face just completely <laughs> It's great, isn't it? Albert's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, oh, when the devil says that, they say his face just drops. Find out that Dale's bought the videos of, um, is it Ronnie Nelson he's bought them off? Yeah, um, Ronnie Nelson. Yeah, isn't thing, it? Yeah. yeah, and he's paid like, what was it, 52 and a half grand. Obviously, he's got them on sale and return. And the videos, again, we've said there's quite a few running themes throughout this series. The videos do pop up again uh, in a few episodes' time, don't they? They do as well. And also, and a little bit further down the line, we find out that he's got a consignment of like Betamax stuff as well, hasn't he? If anyone remembers oh, back yeah. then, the whole kind of VHS and Betamax things. But um, at this point in time, he has actually got VHS. So at least he's kind of on the right track at this point. Well, they're, they're not English, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> Nag's head. And um, you've got Mike and Denzel making their first appearance in this episode. Um, Denzel pops up a couple of times, as does Mike. Um, Denzel is bought, bought out stew, isn't he? Mike's like, that's a pound. And then the yuppie comes up and he's like, beef burgundy on, that's £2.50. Oh, super. <laughs> that guy as well. Again, it's one of these, like, old, we always get these side characters and then he falls and these little bit characters with such elaborate voices. Like, oh, that's super. And later on, <laughs> when he sees that, he's like, oh, God, it's him. It's like this really kind of elaborate voice. It's like, fuck, you know. <laughs> I know, I've got that here hear him because Dell comes in obviously Denzel's moaning about Dell because he's told him to like call his van something stupid isn't it was it any parcel anywhere or something so I've already got yes. transit and yeah, so Del and, uh, <laughs> yeah Denzel and Mike are sort of not slagging Dell off but they're sort of saying oh he's and all that and everything and Mike says well he's hardly in here anymore he's going to all the yuppie bars now but they're all banning him one by one and then Dell comes in Denzel's about to leave not until you, I buy you a drink and then he says about the old yuppie sat in the corner and he goes to sit down with Denzel. And then, like you say, he goes, oh, God, it's him. It's like, how does he not fucking hear him? He sat about a foot away from him. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. And I do like this bit as well. We get the mention of uh, Kareem, don't we? Um, again, we haven't seen yeah. Denzel for a long time, but she's still mentioned. Obviously, we know, sadly, the actress passed away. Um, but it's good that they kept the sort of memory of the character still going with this one. And I just love those things. He goes, oh, man, I had some... Um, I had a bad time the other day. Why is that? Well, it was mine and Kareem's anniversary. Oh, my God. No, that's not the bad news. <laughs> yeah. it's just like, there was an immediate reaction. And when Denzel gives him the dilemma, Dale straight away is like, oh, you just sat Kareem. Like, he obviously went out of her and didn't deliver the dolls. And Ron's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'd have done. But, yeah, obviously Dale and Kareem never got on at all. Um, but it's good, like I say, that she still gets mentioned. And John Sullivan did say that, Obviously, he didn't cast anyone else to play her out of respect for the actress who did play her in that one episode. But then with the tomatoes, after Dell says he sold Mike, like, was it three or four boxes when Mike only says he'll have one? So I've already put four by for you or whatever. And Dell was told Rodney to put his suit on earlier on in the episode. And he comes down, he starts moaning he's got tomato juice all over them, that that's the suit he was going to wear to go out with Cassandra. So wearing it to carry fucking tomatoes. You must have known that's not going to like, have a happy ending. Yeah, a bit of an idiot, really. You would have thought he wore at least like an apron or something over the top or taking the jacket off and put something on. But I do, I do like Mike's response, isn't it? Because he's got like tomato juice <laughs> all over him. And Dell's like, oh, get Rodney to wipe that off. How about a slice of bread? I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it is really good, isn't it? Yeah, it's just another great one-liner, isn't it? And then just before we do, Dell obviously forges the, the signature on the form. He's well confident, isn't he? Obviously, it doesn't work. But um, he's like, yeah, they never check these documents. Sign 
He's like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to go and unload your van now. Denzel picks up the keys and off he goes. It's like, okay, fair enough. Also as well, and it's like, and Denzel should know better than to trust Dell. He's already been saying like he shouldn't have trusted him in the first place, renaming his business or yeah. anything, and now he's doing it again. But Dell's like, they never they never check these things. It's like, come on, Denzel, you know that Dell has never worked a straight job in your life. He has no experience dealing with any type of kind of official documentation or anything. So why the fuck would you listen to him? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. And I mean, to be fair, as to Denzel, Dell doesn't really give him a chance, does he? Denzel can't get a word in edgeways. Dell's like, right, go, done. He said, right, I'm going to upload your van onto mine. And off he goes. Denzel's pretty much like, okay, got no choice here, have I? Yeah, yeah, he, he always gets a shaft, doesn't he, Denzel? But he all just goes along with it. Because his, um, his, his response is always like, I know, but he's a mate. What can you do? <laughs> yeah, I mean... So that's what you used to say to Corrine as well. So he's been saying that for a while and it's always gets him into trouble. But like I say, Dell is a mate, so what can you do? Yeah. How about these silly dolls then? So back at the flat, the trotters discover that the dolls are uninflated sex dolls called Lusty Linda and Erotic Estelle. Dell suggests they take the dolls to a man named Dirty Barry, who owns a sex shop. At a Chinese takeaway, Denzel watches London Plus and finds out that the dolls are gas, which would explode if exposed to heat and is suspected to have caused the destruction of the factory. Worried for Dell's life, Denzel hurries out It says here after paying. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, after paying, but not claiming his meal. That's right. I misread that. Back at the flat, after Dell finds that the video recorder... Sorry, I'll start again. Back at the flat, after Dell finds that the video recorder had recorded the wrong program, Rodney informs Dell that the machines are only made for Europe and cannot be used in the United Kingdom. Dell admits he's already sold most of them. At that moment, the two sex dolls from behind the cocktail bar in flat attempt to deflate the dolls, but cannot do so due to their faulty valves. Rodney suggests they burst them, but is told not to by Dell. When Rodney Cassandra, Dell gets an idea on how to get the dolls to dirty berries. Back at the nag's head, Booker complains about the tomatoes, and Boise turns out to the bulk of Dell's faulty video recorders. Denzel rushes in and tells him about the dolls and how, and how he has to get in touch with Dell. So again, a fetch really go into much detail about the dolls, but I don't really think it needs to. We all kind of know what happens there. Yeah, exactly. I just love the it's such a great build up because obviously Albert's down on the floor and he like um cutting the box open and everything, and they're talking about like, how much money they're gonna get. And when fucking um Rodney's reading the instructions and he goes, These ain't Barbies or Cindy's, these are called Lusty Linda and Erotic Estelle. And just to prove the point, that's when Albert, perfect timing, stands up holding one of them, obviously uninflated at this point, and the crowd just absolutely roar with laughter. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm assuming, again, this was, like, hidden, so they didn't actually know what was going on. There would have been no trailers or anything back then. But, I mean, Albert's face, when he pulls that thing out, I mean, fucking hell. Just, I mean, before this goes out on gold, I don't know why, but... I mean, that is nowhere a sex doll. I mean, I'm not an expert in these things, but you wouldn't want to get on with that, would you? It'd fucking scare you. I was going to say, there's no way anyone could get a fucking boner looking at one of those sort of things. <laughs> it's just, you know, fucking, they're hideous. And again, it's just, again, one of those things you sort of see it like down at like the fucking the beach or something. It's like a, on a stag night, like a comedy thing more than an actual proper sex doll. Christ. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. They're like joke, joke ones. But, um, then uh, when Albert says, this is what we said in when we did this originally, Albert doesn't know what sex dolls are. And as we yeah. know, Albert's a man of the world. He's, well, he's travelled the world. He would definitely know what a fucking inflatable sex doll was. 
Yeah, and then we got, I just love Rodney's things. You know, Rodney's got a thing for like magazines now. And he goes, you see these in magazines? Where's that Radio Times? So as if it would be in there <laughs> in the first place. And he's like, no, I mean, dirty magazines for kinky, sleazy little men. You're pulling me on. And Rodney's like, oh yeah, well, have a look at this. And just pulls a big fucking porn mag out of his fucking back pocket. <laughs> I know, so he's walking around with fucking porn out of his back pocket. It's pretty random, isn't it? <laughs> but there we go. And then um, when um, they're like, and Dale's like, we're we going to put these or something. And he's like, well, what if Cassandra finds out we've got them? And Dale's like, what? Does she want one then? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Is it? Another thing as well. Sorry, carry on. No, you crack on, Bredwell. No, no. But it's a bit I was going to um, uh, mention comes a little bit later on. Because when they've obviously inflated and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and pop them and everything. Like, um, Rodney just goes to pick up a cigar to pop it, doesn't it? And like, yeah. even if that was full of genuine oxygen, that could still probably go up or cause like a bang or something. So that's a stupid idea. And this is before they know they're full of obviously uh, gas and everything. Well, Rodney's this, isn't he? I do, <laughs> I do like the, the bit as well when um, Albert's like, to be honest, um, what was it? He's like, oh, tell me the truth, Rodney. These things, could you? And um, uh, Rodney's like, to be honest, Uncle, no, I couldn't. Then you see Rodney go, on the phone he's like but I know a man who could <laughs> just Dale's got no scruples he doesn't care does he nah nah he's actually no he's shameless like again like because he's like oh no we need to get rid of these don't we because he says oh I thought these were Barbies and Cindy's and stuff and then as soon as like Roddy's like they go for about 60 to 100 quid here and he's like oh hang about a minute and straight away he smells an earner doesn't he absolutely yeah and then I do like Denzel's face in the restaurant he's watching the old news on the that his face is like shit. As he runs out, he nearly fucking assaults that guy. He runs into him, nearly pushes him out the door. It's like bloody hell, Denzel, be careful. Yeah, he does. The one thing I was thinking, I know it's just done for the plot of the episode, obviously, to give the audience the information they need, but that news reporter gives like a hell of a lot of detail on like everything that's happened, doesn't he? It's like, oh yeah, the Ford signature went up in smoke. These are, you know, dolls that have like got gassed at. And it's like, would the news really put that much out? Would they even report on that in the first place? I don't even know. Maybe they would if they thought it was like a public hazard or something, but he gives out so much information. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is... London news, so they probably would have done. So obviously, it it was a public hazard. I guess it was dangerous, and the factory went up in in flames. So that was probably news as well. I think he's a genuine news reader as well. The one who does that, I think it, that is all obviously not genuine news, but I think it is all like genuine studio and everything. So it is made to look quite real. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. But then when it cuts back to the flat, we've got more great fucking banter between the trotters about the video recorders and how the wrong thing. And just like Dell was properly fucking having a go at him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it is good. And there is just, I lo- that's what the great thing about these um, longer episodes are. We get more of this stuff. Like, there's so many scenes that are just in the flat with these three. And these three, as we all know, are just absolutely gold, aren't they, between them? And they have so much great banter. And yeah, it is great just to have these scenes and everything. Because, <laughs> um, what is it? He's like saying he's like recorded the wrong thing. And that's when Rodney points out that it's like, oh, yeah, you're, um, your video recorders are from like the continental they've got different electronics and stuff and then albert says something oh there was an ep- there's something on tv earlier about um i don't know what he says about like uh, the environment or something and rodney's like oh, oh i wish i'd have recorded it well hang about rodney you probably have <laughs> yeah it's um it's uh war games isn't it that film because albert goes on about computers and stuff and everything that's it's like, it yeah it yeah. could have got us in could have got us into world war three there was World War Three. This plonk can't even get us into Channel Three. <laughs> That's a great line as well. <laughs> so good. And then the dolls start making their sort of 
<laughs> noise and straight away they look at Albert and think he's like farting or something don't they he's like why are you looking at me then it's flat emanate from your area yeah and then when they, they pop up because obviously Dale's like where is that noise coming from well, him and Rodney are kind of but it's really like over the top isn't it like hammy detective yeah. looking they're like looking around their flat and really, there's nothing there and then when they pop up you literally hear the audience completely scream and howl with laughter yeah. they're reacting where they're like, Ugh! and they run out. And Albert <laughs> tries to follow him, and he's like, got hold of the door, and he keeps opening it. And Dale's shutting it, and the way it's coming back and forth, like Laurel and Hardy style, it's just it's so funny. I've seen it like a hundred times, and I still laugh at it now. Yeah, I mean, it's very slapstick, isn't it? And I'm not normally a fan of that sort of kind of comedy, but it just works because it's not something they do that often in Only Fools. And um, like I say, when Albert's got hold of the door, and Dale pulls it shut, and Albert forward holding on to the handle still it is very laurel and hardy but for some reason it just works in this i don't know why it's not normally a thing i like but it's just so well done yeah yeah i'm the same it's not usually my sort of thing and i think like you say there where it's not done that often and because this scene is like it's just so much happens all at once that obviously you can tell the audience weren't expecting like the doll pops up Dell and roddy do an amazing kind of jump and they leg it and then it just there's so much going on and so much like humor all at once i think it just works like perfectly yeah, and then they come back in, obviously, the black one pops up, and there's a bit of a dodgy line there where Dale says, Are you going on that Jamaica? Because Albert had been going on about witch doctors just before then, which obviously is probably not a line you get away with in today's TV. No, definitely not. And there's one earlier, isn't there, when um, he first pulls, like, say, the, the black one out, and he's like, oh, we've got more colour than jelly babies. Again, you'd never get yeah. that on uh, on TV now, and it's only done just for comedy and stuff. But, yeah, definitely ruffle a feather or two. Yeah, exactly. I did like it when um, there was like, they're ugly looking mares, aren't they? It's another yeah. great comeback. <laughs> yeah, great. And there's also um, a great part, it's a bit it's a bit earlier on, but um, Albert, when they first see that, he's like, I don't want to be sharing my own with these evil um, little things that brought us nothing but bad luck. And Rodney's, Dale was like, well, now you know how Rodney and I felt when you moved in. <laughs> yeah, we get another good line as well when um when that obviously Dale's on about popping them because of the faulty valves and I was like, oh, it might be illegal. The police can they? It's like, why would it be illegal to pop a fucking doll? That's a bit of a random thing to say, but there we go. It is, yeah. And then they're obviously trying to figure out what they're going to do, like stick them in all the different bedrooms and hide them. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll like um stick them in Albert's room. And then again, it's another like sort of nod to last week's episode when he mentioned that someone from the uh, council might come around to speak to them about yeah. buying this flat. And again, that's an ongoing story that, that, you know, they are actually planning to buy this flat, which they eventually do. Uh, spoiler alert, but I'm sure everyone already knew that. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. There's a couple of bits here that I thought was a Rodney suddenly remembers when they can't deflate them. He's like, oh, yeah. Don't you remember? Denzel said they were 40. It's like, you've only just remembered that. I mean, they never buy anything that's good anyway. It's even knackered or rookie. So I'm like... You know, you just suddenly spot, oh, shit, yeah, they're faulty. It's like, of course they're bloody faulty. That's why I um, bought them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you say, like Boise had that line a little while back, wasn't it? Everything you buy off him has got something missing. That's pretty much words to live by <laughs> when, you're, when you're shopping from the trotters. <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, Dale gets the brainwave. Rodney comes out. Um, he's about to go out with Cassandra, and Dale says, don't do anything mum or something. And Rodney's like, no, I couldn't do anything like that. And that's when he's like, mum. Mum, isn't it? He's like, that's when he gets the idea of dressing up in a woman's clothing. But I noticed last night, and I don't know if it was just, I, I'm sure, uh, Rodney's wearing a different suit. So obviously he's moaned about having the tomato juice all over his seat before. 
And then he goes out with Cassandra that night and he's wearing a black suit. And I'm sure the one he was wearing with the tomato juice was grey. So I don't know why he was kicking off so much because he had another suit anyway. Yeah, yeah, I meant, I, I thought that as well because I saw him because as it's seen in it, when all that's happening, he sort of was actually changing into his dark suit. He doesn't just magically swap like he did last mm. week. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's like, why are you, why are you moaning? You've got, I'm not being funny. The darker suit looks a lot better. The grey one looks like it, you know, is about four sizes too big. At least the black suit looks like it kind of fits him better. Yeah, exactly. And then we do cut to the, the nag's head. And this is where we do get to see Boise and Trig very briefly there. Yeah. It's a good banter between him, uh, Boise, Trig and Mike, isn't it? Just uh, going on, Dale, um, Trig, well, I'll get it right. Boise says that um, Dale signed in the video recorders and obviously they don't work over here. And um, then Trig wants to buy one off him. And like, I don't know if this is just like Trig being extra, but uh, Boyce is literally like, no, Trig, they don't work on the on the uh, UK. Oh yeah, I'll just bring one round to you. Oh, cheers, Boyce. It's like, did on the whole conversation? It's just gone before that, Trig. Yeah, that's just typical trigger thing, isn't it? And I love that we just get this again, this continuing thing of him always like mugging Mike off about his beer and his food. Because as soon as the scene yeah. starts, Trig's like eating some stew, and he's like, "These tomatoes are a bit manky, aren't they, Mike?" But it makes your beer taste better. <laughs> <laughs> And then Denzel comes in. He's like, Mike, Mike. And Mike's like, hold on, I've only got one pair of hands. He's like, no, is your phone working? It's the phone working. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just, I love, I, I, this annoys me. Um, like when people do this in, say, what, real life and everything. They get somewhere and they like sit down to have a drink or they're eating and they keep their jacket on. It really winds me up. Um, but Boise's like sat there, he's got his big fucking full length camel hair jacket on and his suit on underneath. It's like, come on, mate, just take your jacket off and get comfortable if you're going to sit in the pub. Before you, it does really get you get, get you going, doesn't it? When people wear their jackets from there, <laughs> it genuinely pissing me off. <laughs> I'll make sure I don't wear mine. <laughs> but <laughs> when um when Denzel obviously says about the dolls being filled with propane, it might like, oh, that's that's like really expensive. But Denzel's like, yeah, very. And then, um, Trig, is it true? So, oh, that's a tragedy, or that's really bad. And then the fucking start laughing. And poor old Trig, I don't know if he's worried for Dell or he's just confused. He just sort of zooms in on his face and he's just looking a bit gormless, isn't he? Yeah. And I know that's, again, done for comedy effect, like, because they're obviously laughing at Dell's misfortune. Um, but again, like, considering how serious that is, you would have thought that he would have opened, like, shit, that is actually genuinely good, instead of just laughing about it. But again, I know it's just done in good humour and that, but you would have thought, like, they would have all gone chasing him thinking, because you wouldn't have thought, like, Boise or Mike would want Dale to be blown up or anything, would you? No, I mean, like you say, it's done for comic effect. But yeah, I've always thought that's a little bit harsh, laughing. <laughs> you know, he, he could be killed and could probably take a few like of his neighbours with him if he's got the dolls in the flat. And you think if that whole flat went up or the whole block went up, it would be carnage. But there we go. Yeah, it is done for comic effect. And yeah, so let's have a look at how it carries on and uh, ends, in fact, bread roll. So outside of the house, Rodney and Dale come out with the two dro- uh, trolls, dolls dressed in their late mother Joan's clothes. An old man mistakes them for real women and Dale in our voice. The trots <laughs> throw the dolls in their van and Rodney heads off to meet Cassandra, leaving Dale and Albert to drive down to Dirty Barry's. Dirty Barry's shop, only to find out he's had his license revoked by the council and with no enough to drop them off, Dale and Albert head back to the van to think of to get rid of the dolls. Dale thinks they should hold on to them until the market picks up again. At the restaurant, Cassandra warns Rodney of the un- that she has heard about on the news. 
Eventually, Dell and Rodney quickly take the two inflated dolls and dump them in an abandoned area. The dolls that the Trotter brothers have got clear. Not technically true. The Trotter brothers head back to their van, only to find out that another doll is inflating. Dell and Rodney bail out of the van into the night. So again, a fairly not particularly detailed sort of description of what happens in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes of this. Um, again, some great banter when um, Dell and Rodney have got the two dolls. And obviously, is it Clayton, isn't it? The guy who comes down, he's like, good evening, Rodney. And then um, Dell and Rodney was like, good evening, Clayton. And then he's like, good evening, ladies. Dell's like, he waves one of the fucking hands at him. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love the voice he does. I like you saying, I'm good at your name. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and the, the bit Albert comes down and he's like, the van's literally parked about 10 metres away, but they decide they have to reverse it back because they don't literally don't want to walk any further. And Albert's like, I've got to move the van. Well, go on then. Well, I'm not insured. Well, don't we have a crash then? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, I've got that in my notes. That was a brilliant line. And Albert's like got his hood up and everything looking like really like the way they're behaving makes them look even more suspicious than they would if they just walked across to the van because the time they stopped farting about, they would have been there and stuffed them in the back. But obviously they had to do it again for comedy effect. And one thing I was thinking is like, what is, I know Dell obviously loves his mum. Like he thinks she's like like an angel or something, which is, you know, fair enough. Um, but why would he still have loads of her old clothes around and why would they still be in the flat? Like taking that room, you'd have thought mm. if he was storing them for like memory, he would have like have them in like the garage or something like that. But you just have to have a wardrobe with his mum's clothes in a flat full of uh, you know three blokes. Yeah, it's in Rodney's room as well, because Rodney's always moaned about them. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I never really thought of that before. Um, yeah, you're right. And then we finally had a date with um someone called Simone, that sort from the Cut Price Butchers, as he calls her. And apparently she had a bag of liver for them. And I'm thinking. <laughs> If you're going on a date with someone, imagine bringing a bag of liver with you. <laughs> Here you go. It's like, okay, cheers. Thanks for that. I've got, got to carry this around for the rest of the night now. The club was saying he's got a bag of liver on him. That would uh, take some explaining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least it wouldn't smell. Good job she do not work at the fishmongers. That would be even worse. <laughs> and then we get, um, obviously, the, the typical TV timing. Just as um, Dell and Albert drive off, Denzel comes screaming around the corner in his van. Just as they go out of shot, I mean, it's typical movie 101 or TV 101 timing, isn't it? Yeah, but I've, I've always added, again, it's just done, again, for like the plot and everything. But when you actually analyse that and how the timing's done, like Denzel would have definitely seen the three-wheel van because yeah. it's going in a straight line the other way. So he would have come around the corner and be like, oh, there's the back of that van. I mean, how many three-wheel vans are there that say Trot is independent trading? I'm fairly sure there's only one in Peckham. <laughs> he would have definitely recognised that van and be like, oh, shit, there they are. And obviously, given chase. But again, it's just done, like you say, TV 101 for the plot. Yeah, of course, because they're literally only just out of the shot and then just around the corner. So, yeah, he definitely would have seen them. But there we go. He doesn't. Um, but I do like it when it cuts to the restaurant. Again, the interaction between Rodney and Cassandra is really good. They're sort of starting to get a bit of a bond now, aren't they? Where um, they're talking about the previous episode. So, again, we've got some continuation. And obviously, Cassandra's saying you lived. You said you lived in a great big house. And I do like Rodney. Well, Nelson Mandela house. There's 70 flats in it. Can't get much bigger than that. It's a good comeback. Yeah, it's great. And I've got that here as well. Um, again, like the chemistry and the conversation between them is really good. They both got like, they both got kind of similar humour and Cassandra's got quite a kind of dry humour as well. It does seem really genuine. And I think it was really well cast because as you just said there, like the chemistry between Rodney and Cassandra is really, really good. And obviously it continues throughout. Um, so yeah, it is actually a really nice little scene. And I'm glad they obviously gave you that little bit of 
to kind of build their relationship before it cut back to like the main plot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a bit of sort of to and fro in between them and you can tell they're sort of still in the early stages of their relationship, but they're definitely starting to become more comfortable with each other and sort of having a bit of a joke and a laugh about stuff. And then obviously we cut to old Dell and uh, Albert going to Dirty Bags. I mean, he's a sketchy looking character. Obviously he's supposed to be because, you know, you can't own a sex shop and be like not sketchy in these sort of programmes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Albert's got his um, hood up again, Annie. And I love the fact when he comes in and Dirty Barry's like, who's the monk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you selling? Well, these are cool. Giving them a guided tour. I think that's a great yeah. line as well. <laughs> and then what Dirty Barry's like saying, talking about like all the like porn shops and all like sex shops all being like shut down and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> he goes, go, Margaret Thatcher's ruining this industry or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that was like, oh, at least, uh, was it the last someone's got about her? Uh... Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, this was pretty much it. well. Seventy nine Thatcher came in. I can't remember when she actually left. But yeah, this is sort of it. That Thatcherism, if you want to say. But we won't go into politics. <laughs> but yeah, there's um. Oh fucking hell! I've lost where I am now. Oh yeah, then Dell obviously says Barry. Barry says he can't take him. He sold all his stock, and he ain't gonna be able to sell him anywhere because everyone's selling up. And then Dell obviously comes up. What do? We'll just hold on to them and wait for the big bang. And obviously the audience are in on it. Dell at this point still doesn't know they're full of propane, does he? Yeah, that's a good line though, isn't it? Again, like sort of like building up to like the uh, the climax of the episode. Um, and then obviously we cut back to the restaurant where they say, Rodney's like, oh, I'll, I'll walk home through the market. And Cassandra's like, oh, well, be safe. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm streetwise. Yeah, but watch out for all the unexploded sex dolls. And that's when the kind of penny drops <laughs> and they ask Cassandra what she's on about. But there is a bit here. He says a line, and I don't know if he's just saying it in passing um, or it's just an inconsistency. Because he's like, Rodney says to Cassandra, oh, my mum warned me about girls like you. And again, I don't know if it's just like a casual thing, just obviously to keep the lightheartedness and the flirting going. But it's like, well, you don't remember your mum because obviously she passed away yeah. when you were young. And there's even been conversations that you've had with Dell in the more, obviously, the heartfelt sort of sections of Only Falls where he said, I don't ever remember my mum. Like, you know, I just she doesn't exist other than the stories you tell me. So I just thought that line was a little bit strange. Yeah. Up on that. Um, I, I mean, it is kind of a line that it's just like a, a sort of line that people say, isn't it? But obviously if you took it literally, yeah, Rodney didn't know his mum. You're right. And she certainly wouldn't have been telling him things like that when he was like, what, how old was he when she died? He, she, he was still very young, wasn't he? So I never really thought of that before. One thing I did think about though, which I'd never really thought about before it's amazing how Cassandra wants to keep seeing Rodney. I mean, he's lied to her. And yeah, he's got out of it. He sort of said why he lied. And she sort of thought it was quite funny. But he did lie to her. And then she mentions the sex dolls. And he starts acting all fucking... And then he just runs off. He's like, I've got to go. I don't feel well. Bye. I'll call you. And just fucks off. I'd be like, okay, you're a bit strange. I'm not sure if I want to keep seeing you. Yeah. And before, obviously, the scene before it cut back to this one, the bit that cracks me up as well is when she's like, I'd like to meet your brother. And like Rodney nearly <laughs> chokes on his drink, doesn't he? He spits it everywhere. And it's like, oh, yeah, he, he's all right. But then when um, Rodney well. comes out the door and he's like, I'm not well, there's the um, the um, the chef or that waiter and he's like, that's the third one tonight. Where did we get those tomatoes from? <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Again, a running theme throughout the whole show. Really, really good. But. <laughs> <laughs> the bit with the tramps as well when Dell and Rodney go to drop the dolls off and they're like, yeah, and I was saying, is they chuck him in that fucking hole. Yeah, and then it's like a kind of um, 
like you say, like a uh, a false, like a red herring type thing, because they throw him in there and they duck. It's like, see, Rodney, there's nothing to worry about. And I thought the timing was great, the way, like, they're walking towards it and then this massive explosion goes off and they both just have this massive, like, they both, the way they both collapse is just really well done. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, the synopsis kind of got it wrong. So it said they got clear, but they, they're all they blow up so they didn't actually get clear at the time they just happened to be a safe distance away but only just i mean that's a pretty big explosion we're going to see a bigger one in a few weeks time but a fairly big explosion yeah it is because yeah like you say they throw them down and then it's like oh there's nothing wrong with them and that's mum's clothes getting dirty over there so then they're like you say they're walking back because they want to retrieve the clothes of nothing else and then the explosion goes off but then when they get in the van um there's two bits here like Dell sits down and like, you hear the noise like the whole sort of type noise and he looks around the Rodney's like all oh, the old April's going is it and it's like Rodney agrees and it's like well I'm sure you know if you farted or not Rodney um it's clearly Gavin <laughs> and then the fucking the doll comes up and you just see his face hit the back window and it looks like Michael Jackson <laughs> oh fucking hell I was trying to think who it reminded me of him <laughs> yeah it probably is older my <laughs> Jack out there oh, that's good Del says as well that he was going to take his mum's clothes to the dry cleaners, didn't he, before they do blow up. So he was obviously planning on getting the clothes back off them. That's going to happen now after they've been exploded. The clothes will be shredded. So unlucky there, Del. And I do like the way he turns around to the tramps and he's like, I told him not to have. That's quite a good one. (laughs) Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. And then obviously, um, the episode properly ends like we say Michael Jackson makes an appearance and then they both jump out of the van and they just leg it don't they but obviously we know those ones don't actually blow up because the van's still intact the next episode so we'd actually hear what happened to the rest of them I assume they just came back and I don't know they either all blew up and they threw them somewhere or they did something about it yeah it's never one of those things isn't it where we never hear or see them again so I'm assuming they just got rid of them even Dell, I don't think would have taken a risk to sell them but I don't know you never know with Dell, do you no, no, exactly. So, uh, yeah, just one of those uh, trotter mysteries that are probably best left unsolved, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's um, that's pretty much what I've got to say about uh, this particular one, JT, unless you've got anything else in your notes there. No, no, not at all. Just one thing that sparked um, was on to next week. You said they obviously, um, Cassandra said, I'd like to meet your brother and Rodney chokes on his beer. Um, she does actually meet him next week uh, for the first time, doesn't she? She does, yeah, which, uh, again, is quite amusing in its own right. Um, another good episode on the way. It's strange because at the start, for those who didn't listen to our original podcast, and, you know, obviously I'm fairly sure most of you didn't, and I wouldn't encourage you to go back because it's a bit haphazard, even more so than this one. Um, <laughs> but when we first started plotting out the top 10, um, pretty much every episode from this series was going to be in there. So we had to sort of jig it around a little bit. But um, it's uh, pretty safe to say that we're quite positive about all the episodes that are going to be coming for this particular series, Series 6. Oh, it's very consistent, Series 6. There's not, well, there's, there's, there really isn't a bad, but these are just pure gold, all these ones. In fact, Series 7 as well continues in the same vein. But um, yeah, we've got a few good ones to go through yet, Bread Roll, so good times. Absolutely, yeah. So that is Danger UXD. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. As you know, most people just remember it as the one with the blow up dolls, but it does have a proper name. Um, let us know what you think of it um, by getting in touch with us at the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on the episode or any upcoming episodes from Series 6. If you've got any behind the scenes information or tidbits, let us know. And we'll mention them in the episodes as and when they come across. And for me, Bread Roll, I am signing off. And for me, JT. I've just got one last thing to say. I wear a trendy trench coat in Gordon Gecko Brown.
You wear a lumberjack coat and Gordon Bennett boots. My image says I'm going straight to the top, flat out. Your image says I'm going back to bed because I'm shagged out. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw. Street. Long live Hooky Street.